Hello and welcome back to From 350 to a Zero, where we slow down a little and just have a little chat. Hello and welcome back to another episode with me where we talk about Formula One and whatever is happening in the world of Formula One. And today we have to talk about Baku. We still have to talk about Baku even though I'm really late, like I'm really late and it's a new race week, like literally right now, but I was busy, I was like really busy, but we still need to talk about Baku, so let's just get straight to it and let's dive in into the whole drama of the race weekend. So I'm not really going to get into every single detail and like every minor thing that happened throughout the whole race weekend because there was like a lot of sessions this time because we had only one free practice. Uh, then we had the qualifying for Sunday's race on Friday. Then on Saturday we had like this whole entire um other thing which was basically the qualifying for the sprint which was called the sprint shootout and then the actual sprint so saturday was like a whole different day and it was not connected to the race or friday free practice sessions and qualifying so yeah we had that and then on sunday we had the actual race so first of all i'm going to start uh from the friday's free practice session so, I mean, since it's still a free practice session, there's nothing interesting going to happen at the practice sessions, as far as we know. So, yeah, that's basically about it. But, like, we had some drivers complaining about, like, uh, Alonso and Stroll were complaining about their DRS because, basically, they had this problem with their DRS because they brought a new... A rare wing and they had this problem with the car basically that the DRS wasn't working throughout like the entire weekend for some reason because I don't know maybe they got something wrong but yeah they had that problem Aston Martin both cars had that problem since the Friday's free practice session then Hamilton was complaining uh, about his brakes and he once he and basically he had to uh, come into the pits to retire the car to fix the brakes in the free practice session and basically they did something to the car and then he was out so I guess everything was fine but then let's jump a little bit into the future I heard I don't remember if it was qualifying or was it the actual sprint but throughout the weekend I know that Hamilton and Russell both were comp complaining about their brakes because there was something wrong with the brakes in the both Mercedes cars too. So I don't know what that was about because I I was I I didn't actually see anything like from Mercedes. They didn't actually like point this issue out. I don't know why though. Anyways, yeah, so we had a lot of yellow flags also uh because a lot of drivers uh kind of scraped the wall or made contact with the with the wall 
at turn five and especially Carlos, he scraped the wall like it was bad. It was bad, honestly. I think he spun even. I don't remember if it was the... Once again, I will probably say this a couple of times that I don't remember stuff because it's been quite a few days and as far as I'm looking at my notes, I didn't write that down actually, so it's it's my fault. But yeah, I think he he really did spawn at one of the sessions and I know that I even captured on camera because I was uploading to my second Instagram account, which if you're not following, it's with the same name as the podcast name, so you're welcome. But yeah, I was capturing that and I know that he definitely spawned, but I just can't seem to remember at at which se session that was. Anyways, so Yuki had the puncture also because he hit the wall at turn 3, which was like kind of not even, I don't know. It was it was nothing out of the ordinary for Yuki and for Debris at that weekend, like the whole entire weekend they they had problems like honestly like every other team because everyone had problems at Baku for some reason. Maybe because of the upgrades, maybe because we had this like entire month without F1 and without drivers racing, maybe because we had only one practice session, I don't even know, but it was, it was horrible. Anyways, uh, another thing which was horrible was Crofty and all of the, all of the presenters, like, slipping in these Taylor Swift references because of Fernando Alonso and like the whole rumor with Taylor Swift which was horrible I can't seem to be able to run away from this whole drama and this whole rumor because honestly it's uh, it's hilarious and silly but at the same time it's kind of sad to see that even the presenters are milking, like, this whole joke so bad. Because, like, the amount of times that I heard Taylor Swift references throughout the whole weekend, including Friday's pra practice sessions, I... Oh, I have no words, no comments, honestly, because, like, I have a few written out, like, quote-unquote, getaway car, bad blood, blank space, mastermind... And, like, there was more, and I saw some TikToks, which people made, like, they basically collected all of the references and put it in one TikTok, so that was kind of funny, but at the same time, like, please stop, bro, it's just a rumor, it's not real. It's enough. We've had enough. Anyways, like, the biggest story from basically Friday's free practice session was that Gasly's car was on fire and like because it was on fire it brought the red flag out and it was taking so long for the stewards to actually put out the fire like it took 13 minutes to actually put the car out from fire and like to extract the car from the track which was horrible it wasn't entertaining it was Honestly, really sad to see 
like Pierre just standing there looking at his car like completely in flames so yeah and basically the whole problem which caused the car to be on fire in the first place was that it was a loss of hydraulic pressure which is basically that uh it was a hydraulic leak in Pierre's car so that's why the team basically told Gasly to not shift gears but I guess like you still need to do that to like turn in corners and like you need to slow down still so you need to shift gears which Pierre did and then the car set on fire so yeah that's I think mostly it from Friday's free practice session because I mean as I mentioned before, we had a lot of drivers, like, scraping the walls. Uh, Magnussen, even in turn one, one, he almost avoided the wall. Uh, and he got into that, like, little runoff area. And he was just, like, stationary there for quite a while. I don't know why, though. But the team said that they basically lost radio contact with the driver. So Magnussen was strand stranded in turn one for like in the runoff area for quite a while so yeah i think i think that's it about free practice on friday so let's get straight to qualifying on friday so on friday we had the qualifying session for sunday's race not for the sprint on saturday but for sunday's race so Honestly, just a normal qualifying session. Of course, we had some accidents like the Vries turn three accidents. He basically crashed again throughout the whole weekend. Like, as I said before, like everyone had problems in Baku. Like everyone did. So the Vries in turn three, he crashed and brought the red flag. Uh, Magnuson also had some fuel problems. I don't know, connection problems. Like, Gunther, like, he was on the pit wall, Crofty and, like, other presenters. For some reason, they really enjoyed talking with Gunther this weekend. Like, the amount of times that I heard Gunther from the pit wall. Because it it was always, uh, Schnaufer, 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 I don't know how he's, how do you say his name? How do you pronounce his name? But the principle of Alpine basically I noticed that we normally hear from him from the pit wall but now we had Gunther which was weird but maybe it's because he released he published a book basically was it drive to survive I think yeah so I think that's why just a little bit more of exposure for Haas and Gunther Steiner so I guess I guess talking about Mick Schumacher on multiple interviews is not enough, so he had to publish a book to get more exposure. Anyways, uh, so Magnussen also had something wrong more with his car, so he was told to slow down and come in. That's basically it. Nothing more, nothing less from qualifying. Uh, Joe... And Hulk, Magnus, and Gasly DNF'd, by the way. Um, De Vries also DNF'd. So, yeah. 
they both i mean ghastly and debris both crashed into the wall and like they were they were out they were they both brought red flags out and yeah they were immediately out so ghastly wasn't having wasn't having a great weekend so far uh then out of q3 there was russell Ocon, alban bottas and sergeant then the top three were Leclerc, he got pole position, which was like, oh my god, Ferrari, you got your shit together, finally. Oh my god, I... Honestly, honestly, I just... <laughs> I looked up in my notes, I'm like, I remembered, I was so surprised. But at the same time, now I'm thinking, why was I surprised? Because Ferrari, they have, like, they do have a good car. Not as good as Red Bulls, but they do have a decent car, which is capable of probably not winning races because they don't have enough of race pace, but they do have enough of qualifying pace. So, I don't know why was I surprised, but... Plus, Leclerc is, like, so good in Baku. Like, he really, he really is good in Baku. Like, it's a street circuit, which he is really good at, so... Yeah, Leclerc got pole, then Verstappen came in second, qualified second. Paris came in third, Sainz was fourth. Which, honestly, I don't know what Sainz was doing, like, the entire weekend. He was so far off Leclerc that it's... I might sound harsh, but it's really embarrassing for Sainz when Leclerc is achieving these results and you're not... And you still wanna and you still want a championship. Like if you want the championship, you need to step up your game and like be I don't know, be an even actually good second driver if you can achieve that. Anyways, let's not go down that road because I really don't wanna sound harsh here. Anyways, Hamilton came in fifth, uh Alonso came in sixth. Norris came in 7th, which is, like, great from Norris. Like, McLaren stepping up their game. They brought up... They brought upgrades. So, clearly, upgrades are helping them in some way or the other. Which is great, because, like, come on. We don't need a tractor on the track. We need an actually good car that's capable of... I don't know, being in the midfield, if that's possible. So yeah, Tsunoda came in 8th, which is, oh my god, Tsunoda out of like P11, which was like he qualified P11 for 3 or 2 races, I think. Yeah, Stroll came in ninth, and then Piastri came in 10th, which is also great for McLaren. So that was amazing, honestly. Moving on from that, moving on from that, let's get straight into Saturday, which is basically the whole day for the sprint, for the sprint shootout and whatnot, which anyways, um, so for the sprint shootout, there was a rule that the teams like had to have mandatory new tire compounds and they basically the tire compounds were harder by one psi which 
don't know if it says a lot to you, but basically the tires were harder because the temperature, the air temperature was hotter, so the tires needed to be harder for them to actually work and not like shred too quickly. Anyways, so in the sprint shootout, uh, basically out of SQ1, which is like what the it's basically just a qualifying session but with less time and instead of uh, the first session was called Q1, it was called SQ1. So basically, uh, the drivers that were out of SQ2 were Zhou, Bottas, Tsunoda, Gasly and De Vries. Then out of SQ3, Piastri, Hulkenberg, Ocon, Magnussen and Sargent. So basically, Sergeant, he he crashed. Yeah, wait, he actually did crash. Um, yes, he did. He did crash. I just checked my notes and basically, yes, yes, he did because he crashed and then he wasn't even able to participate in the sprint. Um. So yeah, basically, this podcast is just turning into a huge argument with myself on whether do I remember things correctly? Do I remember them at all? So yeah, Logan did crash. Anyways, um, uh, George Russell, once again, he was complaining uh, that his brakes were vibrating or some shit like that. Like, okay, like... What what is the team supposed to do when your brakes are vibrating? I don't know, but yeah. Uh he was once again complaining about his brakes. Uh Fernando and Stroll once again were complaining about their DRS because it wasn't working once again for some reason. For some reason. And um Oh 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 Stroll because because Fernando's, or was it the other way around? No, I think it was the other way around. Basically, Fernando gave Stroll a huge toe because Stroll's DRS wasn't working and, like, it was it was great teammate work. Like, it was great teammate work from both of them throughout the whole weekend, which was, like... We'll get, we'll get into it further when we're going to talk about the race, but now, now we're... Oh my god, I almost I almost forgot about it. Yeah. So once again Nico 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 was standstill and he almost disrupted Checo's lap, but everything was fine in the end and Checo was able to continue his quality lap, sprint shootout lap, whatever you wanna call it. But the thing that I almost forgot to tell you about was basically Charles the same Charles Leclerc that got pole position in the sprint shootout, he took the wall. He kissed the wall. Not even kissed the wall, he made out with the wall because he he basically went straight into the wall for some reason. Like, he... Honestly, like, Charles can't... can't get through the weekend in Baku without kissing, making out with the walls. Like... The walls has, like, they have some risk that only Charles understands, which is, like, it's the same when Carlos, 
when Carlos feels some type of risk from the gravel traps and yeah, like you know what I mean, you know what I mean. When Carlos feels the riz uh emanating from the gravel traps, basically Leclerc feels the riz from the walls in Marco. So yeah, he kissed the wall, he made out with the wall, but still kept his pole position because uh Max uh lost the rear of the car and like lost some time because of that. So basically both Red Bulls they didn't like managed to better the time in the end of the sprint shootout so charles kept his pole anyways moving on to the sprint the whole drama of the whole weekend like the whole talking point of point of the weekend so basically the sprint was won by paris which is like not even like out of the ordinary because Perez is called the king of the streets for a reason, clearly. Uh, Leclerc came in P2, Verstappen came in P3, Russell came in P4, Sainz came, came in P5, which is like once again, Sainz, what the hell are you doing, bro? Uh, Alonso P6, Hamilton P7, Stroll P8, and then basically from that point on, like, none of the positions matter, because basically it's only the eight positions, the first eight posi positions in which the drivers are actually awarded points from P1, eight points throughout, till P8 is one point, so as Albon said, it's like not even, I don't even get it, like Albon said, like, why do even, we, why do we even need such a thing as a sprint, because, like, it's top four teams in the eight, like, Leclerc, Sainz, for, which is basically Ferrari, then Perez and Verstappen, which is Red Bull, like, two cars, from Ferrari, two cars from Red Bull, then Russell and Hamilton, two cars from Mercedes and Stroll, and um, Alonso, two cars from Aston Martin. In the points, in the first eight positions, then nothing basically matters. So, like, is that fair? No. Is that necessary? No. But we still had that? Yes. We'll see how, like, this whole sprint format, sprint shootout format works out in the end. Like, we still need to see, like, those six sprint races through and through to actually decide if this is what we want, this is what the fans like, which they don't. Anyways, we'll, we'll still need to see how this works till the end. So, yeah. Anyways... Um, the whole talking point from the sprint was basically contact between George Russell and Max. And even in the notes, I noted that, is George getting away with it? Question mark. Um, like, honestly, honestly, Max was complaining on the radio. His engineer told him that, Max, come on, you have nothing to lose. 
like you have nothing to lose so i mean i get the engineer but i also get mags but i also get russell so in my opinion i'm not even going to explain like what happened because because like there's a lot of information on the internet and i don't feel the need to actually explain it because basically both drivers were at fault i mean yes george okay still i will explain it because i will take both sides and i will not choose sides here because i think that both drivers are at fault but anyways basically i'm still explaining it basically george was he had the inside line of the apex of the corner and max was still battling with him from the outside and there was no grip as george said which max had like an argument and he said yeah we all had no grip but anyway <laughs> uh, max was battling george from the outside and basically george was turning uh inside the corner and he locked up and basically like from the onboard on footage you could see that yes george was turning his wheel like as far as he could but the car just wasn't turning and basically he went into max but the fact that max left him enough space was like the whole argument from max's side but then then max from that whole part like max was kind of from the outside he was further away from george russell in the front so basically max's cars like front front wheels of the car were further front in the front from george's so i don't know honestly like George said that basically he didn't expect Max to be this aggressive and like to still try and get that position in like such moment because like as he said yeah you have like an advantage like a more like a better car like he said like George said that and of course he's right but at the same time, like, come on, it's Max. We all know that Max is going to, like, do everything that he can to actually win the race, to gain a position. Like, of course, he he he's better now. He's not, like, as aggressive as he was, let's, let's say. He's still aggressive, but not as aggressive as he was in the past. I'm not even going to mention when, but I just I just don't want to start this whole argument with Mercedes and Red Bull and Max and Hamilton and stuff like that. Anyways, we're not getting into that. We're not, but yeah. Max is not as aggressive as he is, but the whole point of this why i noted it was that fia like the fia didn't even note the incident which was weird from them but maybe i'm not understanding something because basically after the fia said not even the fia said this 
but the presenters of the F1 Checkered Checkered Flags podcast, which is like the official podcast from Formula One. And basically they said that, oh, it's just an incident. It wasn't even worth noting it because everything is clear. And for me, no, it's not. Like, I made even a TikTok. Like, the FYA could have at least pretended that they're doing something. Like, at least note the incident and pretend that, oh, yeah, we took, we basically took a look at this and there's no further investigation because it's just a, I don't know, collision, racing incident, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah. But, once again, maybe I'm just not getting something. So, yeah. Anyway. Moving on from that. Uh, Tsunoda hit a corner wall. And basically, he uh, came into the pits, he had a tire change and a nose change, and basically, he was released out. He still, like, I don't know, the team decided that he's okay to be released, and basically, they released him out. And he basically brought out a safety car after the virtual safety car. Because, um... He was sliding on the track, like he was drifting on the track. The wa- the car was going sideways on the track. He lost the tire, like before even that, he lost the tire and like the tire was rolling around the track and it was, it was hilarious. It was honestly it was so hilarious to see like Tsunoda drifting on the track because like the damage was too severe to the car and to the tire, like, whole part, which... Wait, what? To the whole part where the tire is put on. Yes, I I don't remember how that part is called, but yes, that part where the whole, like, tire, when they do pit stops, is put on. Anyways... Anyways, so yeah, so he basically, he was, uh, he had to retire, and he was basically noted for an unsafe release out in the pits. Anyway, uh, we also saw some great action from Joe, because he passed Hulkenberg, like, a really great overtake from Joe, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, also... Also, also, oh, Ocon and Norris had to box and switch their soft tires because they were the only ones who started on... Wait, no, Norris and Bottas and Ocon were the only ones who started on soft tires because everyone else was on mediums. Bottas was also complaining on radio that his tires, quote-unquote, are melting. And, like, what do you expect if the team releases you on soft tires in... In such heat, which we had in Baku, like, what are you expecting? Do you think the tri- the tires will be freezing or something? Okay. Anyways. um. So, I mentioned that Paris won and basically, yeah, like, nothing, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary because, yes, it's the Mexican Minister of Defense. Like, he's the tire whisperer. He's a monster on on street tracks, so... on And so on and so on. So, basically, 
I mean, this was this was expected, but like he was chasing Leclerc. He really was, and he overtook him like it was nothing, honestly. So Leclerc lost out on his pole, but still, still a great like tiny race, if you wanna call it that. Like it still was, it still was exciting to watch, like entertaining to watch. But at the same time, when that whole hour session of the sprint ended, I was like what now is that it like it was almost like it was not enough for me so i don't know honestly i do like the whole build up to the weekend when we have practice sessions because i am a practice session enjoyer myself so I do like when he, when we have these practice sessions, then we have the qualifying, and then, oh my god, the race. But now, Saturday, sprint shootout, and then sprint, and then what? We have this teeny tiny session of the sprint shootout, then the sprint for 40 minutes, and then that's it. I need more, bro, I need more. Anyways... Anyways, anyways, now moving to the actual race on Sunday, and Ocon and Hulk had to start their race from the pit lane because their cars had their suspension setups changed in the Fermi conditions because the teams didn't have enough time because um from not from after the sprint or after the sprint shootout or like any other sessions the teams had to leave their cars in the park fermi and be they basically didn't have enough time to like actually tamper with the car so they had to do it under park fermi which turned into a pit lane start for the boat drivers for Auckland and Hulk but either way Either way, Hulk sev Hulk finished in P17, which is like not that great, but he was higher throughout the whole race. And Ocon, Ocon, ooh, Ocon finished in P15, which is like also not that great, but they were both in P10 and P11 at one point of the race. Um anyways, uh the major like the major talking point of the race was that in turn six the freeze touched the wall and uh needed to retire the car so basically not even he touched the the wall but he basically crashed into the wall and and at the same time as soon as the freeze cra crashed his car red bull decided to call max into the pits which was like Oh my god, did they know that there's going to be a safety car? What? But the fact that basically Red Bull called Max earlier than the safety car was deployed, Max lost his lead and then win the race. Oh my god. <laughs> but it, it was still a Red Bull one too, so... That's nothing out of the ordinary once again, but the Mexican Minister of Defense 
Paris. Sergio Paris, Chaco Paris, whatever you want to call him, he won the race. He won the race once again because he's a monster on street tracks. Okay, so Paris won the race. Verstappen came in second. And in P3, we had Charles Leclerc, who was once again beaten. Beaten, 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 beaten. He was robbed of his pole position. Too bad for him, but at least he got to stand on the podium for once in the season. And I hope we will be seeing him more on the podium, because that would be great. Anyways, before Alonso, he was really quick, honestly, because he came... After Leclerc in less than a second, it was point zero point nine or eight something something maybe eight a three. I think he was really fast, which was like okay. Um, then science P five once again science. I have no words, no comments about you. Then P six Hamilton, P seven Stroll, P eight Russell, P nine Norris, and P ten Sunoda. Tsunoda once again in the points, a points finish for Alpha Tauri driver Tsunoda, which amazing. Oh my god, Tsunoda, you're doing something. <laughs> Anyways, PS3 just missed out on points in P11, then Albon in P12, Magnussen P13, Gasly P14, Ocon P15. What is this? Oh, sorry, in P16. Hulk in 17. Bottas in 18. And Joe and De Vries did not finish. Because Joe was called into the pits because there was an issue with the car and needed to retire from the race. I don't know what kind of issue there was and I haven't seen any news about it. Maybe I'm blind, but I wasn't, like, even looking that hard. But yeah, they... They needed to retire the car, basically, and De Vries hit the wall, so yeah, there was a safety car because of him. And then, once again, another talking point of the whole weekend was Ocon and his entrance into the pits on the last lap. And there was a lot of people from the FIA just walking down the pit line, like, strolling down the pit line, which was like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? What the fuck are you doing, bro? And they were even putting up barriers and stuff like that. Like, they were pre preparing for the whole podium and park fermi conditions and, like, stuff like that. But, like, at the same time, bro, who told you that it's okay to have people walking in the pit lane when the, st when the race hasn't even finished yet? I mean, yes, of course, Perez was, like, he finished his race at that time. Like, he, he, he saw the checkered flag, but other drivers didn't. And, like, the fact that Ocon, it's mandatory to make at least one pit stop throughout the entire race, and the FIA knew that Ocon, like, didn't have his, so why did they send people out onto the pit lane which is like so weird for me and then 
they decided to investigate themselves. Like, the FYA is investigating the FYA for breaching the rules for entering the pit lane in not the right time, which is like, what the hell, bro? That's so confusing, honestly. And there's no verdict yet. We don't know what, what they're investigating and what they're doing, so I hope they fix that shit until Miami, because I don't want to see people in the pit lane when the race is not finished. Like, we don't want accidents. We don't want a, I don't know, like, B-rally-looking thing in Formula 1. No, thank you. Also, I forgot to mention that Bottas had three pit stops throughout the whole race, which was like, what? Why? 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 Also, a lot of people clipped the wall at turn 15, which is like, it seems that that turn is like unlucky or something. It has a bad omen attached to it. I don't know, has some special riz or something. I don't know, bro. But a lot of a lot of drivers clipped the wall at that turn. Anyways, um I think that's it. I think I think that's it for this episode. I'm so tired. I just wanna go to sleep because I'm literally like recording this at what one one twenty-three AM right now. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like I'm losing my voice. And if you made it this far somehow, if it was interesting for you, like, at least a tiny bit, thank you so much. Like, honestly, thank you so much for listening to those 25 listeners who are following me. Like, this journey of mine with this whole podcast thing, like, Honestly, I love you guys. Thank you. I love you, boys. It's a quote from Seb. So if you're a girl, if you're a boy, it doesn't matter. I still love you. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you. I'll see you after Miami, maybe even before Miami. But I'll see you next time. Bye.